the faster you can learn how to take advantage of any system or any business, the better off you're gonna be. As you build yourself up and invest into equipment, you're gonna make more money. So I say that if I work 16 hours a day, I get all my time back. So I start forcing myself to work 16 hours a day. What's some other ways we could generate some income with this, with this recycling? It has to work where it has to work. Welcome to an episode of Circle of Greatness. I'm your host, Nehemiah Davis. And today I'm bringing you my brother, man. Such a phenomenal dude. One of the most hardest working dudes I know. Like, I'd be like, bro, I need to get you online. And this dude is a hard worker, is building a multi-million dollar, like millions and millions and millions of dollars through recycling industry. So I wanted him to come on here and break down the industry, right? And then also just hear a story because where he came from, where I came from, to be able to live the life that we're living now, now is powerful. So without further ado, my brother Lean, what up, bro? What's up, bro? Yeah, man. I know this. I know you're not a podcaster like that, but we got. I got to get you outside, man. Like just your business acumen, just your 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 hunger. It's just it's unlike anything I ever seen. You just you a savage out here with with just going to work, bro. Just grinding, man. How you feeling? Feeling good, man. Trying to figure it out, man. Yeah, Just, you know this is new to me. I've right, been asking you about it. Know yeah, what I, mean? I yeah. appreciate you bringing me on. No, you out here, your bro. Platform. Yeah, you know no, I'm happy to have you here, man. Just since I've met you, bro. Like I don't know how we initially met, but I was inspired. I want to say maybe the first thing was actually we did something for Flint. Okay. I put on I put on the internet like we going to Flint, Michigan. Yeah. Um, let's go in and take some waters. I know, you just came through pickup trucks with skids of waters, dog. I'm talking about cases and cases and cases that we just ran them to Flint. So our first, I feel like, real encounter was just a giving back moment. Like, anytime I hit you, I'm like, bro, I'm redoing the courts. I need cash. you like, I got you, bro. I'm, um, uh, we went to do something with Saul, came down and just blessed the kids for Christmas. It's just, you're constantly just showing love. So I just want to say, I Give you your flowers. I appreciate you, bro. Oh man, it's all love. I feel yeah. like uh, when you're in a position to help, it's your it's your job to help. Yeah. So whenever you call me, mostly when anybody call me, yeah. if I can do it, I do it. Yeah. yeah. You know I mean, where where you develop this work ethic, bro? So since I'm I'm talking about you, you own body shops. You you own body shops, tow trucks, recycling plant, like. I want to kind of know what made you get into this game? Like who who exposed you to this game? How did you get in the game? And how did you even develop? You got a crazy work ethic, dog. Like, like talk to me about it. Um, I think it's just willing to learn. Yeah. Like as you're going through life, you're experiencing different things. Like, you know, it all started out in the beginning with just one on a tow truck. Mm. And, you know, we What made you want to do it? Where you hear about a tow truck uh, or you saw it? It like, was like you before I went away, everybody didn't know me know I went away. You know what I mean? Um, I knew guys that was doing the business. It was something that was comfortable that, you know, I ain't have too many restrictions. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to hustle up some money. I'm going to buy a tow truck. Anybody that know, you know, I, like I started one tow truck. I slept in it for like the first year coming home from prison. Um, you wow, know, you slept in the truck for the first every day yeah, for the first year. Wow. Um, pretty much like giving myself 10 minutes out, take a shower, going back in. You know, everybody wanted to go home, be with their families at the time. I didn't want to live with my mom. I was like, I'm not doing it. Yeah. So I'm going to sleep in this truck. Mom, I'm going to come there. I'm going to come take a shower. And that's about it. And, you know, like being there, able to help the customers in their time of need, you know, was something I wanted to do. 
One truck turned into two, two turned into three. Next thing you know, we had a fleet of vehicles. I gotta ask you this though, bro. Like, I don't know how you did this, bro. Like, I know you talked about the one truck, the two truck you had, but you had the whole city turn their trucks to back to new. Like, what, how did you paint the vision or the picture? Like, what, what was that structure like? Cause when I saw, I'm like, yo, even this dude got a lot of trucks or everybody and their mama just started to be back to new. Like, how, how was you able to do that? No, it was like pretty much like I read a lot of books being away. Yeah. And it was like so one uh, of your favorites. One of my favorite books. It was it's a lot of them, yeah. but it was one of them that was like it's psychology of color. Mm. So I created a color brand that was, people will always remember. Yeah. So like we took red. it and we we branded it. Yeah. At the time I had a partner, you know, he had a vision, I had a vision, we tried to come together to create like a crazy idea. Yeah. And people thought that we had a whole lot more trucks than we did, but we didn't. We just had we they never stopped moving. So they would just ride up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. And we one truck and then two truck then three truck then four truck. And then eventually we had quite a few trucks. But we 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 wanted to make sure them trucks was always around. So if you needed something, it was always going to be there. And we wanted to create a brand where it would be recognizable. So we we, we did that. So we went from the tow trucks. I'm, I'm assuming you're moving all these cars in. You're taking these cars to body shops in different places. Yeah, when we first started, you know, my partner, he he already had a body shop. His dad pretty much had a body shop. Um, and we wound up partnering up. Um, for me, I had to pretty much speak it till I made it. Mm. I remember the first shop that I got, I rented it. You know, I put a sign out there. It was nothing inside. It wasn't a screwdriver inside. Wow. I had enough money just to barely put a sign up on the wall. I remember me getting the price quote, it was like 20 grand. I was like, I ain't paying that. I got some cardboard, 10 sheets, got some paint. We painted the sign up, nailed it to the wall. I got one digital sign for like 500 bucks, yeah. printed up there, called the phone company, got a phone number. That's all we had. We printed some agreements. I started bringing cars in. First tow truck wasn't even a tow truck. It was like pretty much like a dually. Mm. I lettered it up, I put lights on it. It looked yeah. like a tow truck, Yeah. but it wasn't. Yep. But the average person that crashed, they didn't know because mm. we came in with lights and they're like, okay. And mm. we pretty much pulled up to the scene signed the car up and they're like all right well the truck is gonna be here they're like hey what do you mean the truck's gonna be here nah this really ain't a tow truck this is a road side assistant truck right truck is on the way and i'm calling you neil like neil i need your tow truck come right. here right now wow so we we kind of like started just you know yeah. figuring it out figuring it out making it away yeah making a way yep yeah Hey, thank you so much for tuning in this episode. I hope you're getting extreme amount of value. I want you to go ahead and comment below. Share with me your biggest takeaway. In addition to that, my number one goal is for me to be able to grow all of my social platforms so I can give you info, insight, strategy, and game from every platform there is. So take a minute to follow me on Instagram at NeoDeviso. Same exact name on Twitter. Same exact name on TikTok. And follow me on LinkedIn at Nehemiah Davis. I would love for you to be able to be tuned into my article and everything that I dropped relating to helping you get to that next level in your life. Tune in. So, so then you graduated and got your own body shop. Yeah, so um, eventually me and my partner, we went into partnership to, to, to build the business. Um, eventually we wound up separating. I wound up going into another building. Um, I learned a lot in the business when we was in the partnership and then I kind of expanded into owning the body shop and just full-fledged operation. Right. So, so you went tow truck to body shop, then you goes to recycling. Yeah. Um, Tell me about what is recycling, bro? Like, because there's so many, I didn't realize like one of my big ways that I was making money 
I wasn't really making money, but I was scrapping metal. I yeah. was literally, I had a schedule, bro. I knew Mondays was West Philly scrap metal up Overbrook Park, Lambertson section. Yeah. I know Tuesdays was uh, up where I live, 65th and Lebanon, right? I knew all these different, South Philly might have been third, and I was just driving around. Uh, uh. What you what you realized it was something bigger than just you. It was like waste management. It was, it was right. a big system. Yeah. So all these systems work with bigger systems like Nucor and United States Steel. You got big big corporations that run the world. So steel, metal, big 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 industry. What happened with me was we used to get so many crash cars, no coverage. So what happened was ninety percent of the people that was crashing. They didn't have insurance and they had no intention on getting the vehicles. Mm. So every time we looked up, hey, we got another 100 cars. Hey, we got another 200 cars. And I start selling them to scrapyards, but they weren't paying, they weren't, they weren't paying me proper. So I'll take a car to the scrapyard, they're like 200 bucks, $300. I'm like, bro, no way. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? And I was gladly trying to get two, 300 for cars I found. Ex exactly. Yeah. So I start teaching myself, I start educating myself. I start doing the research, I start going to conventions. And I'm like, all right. This is business. So what I did was I had to go through all the trials and tribulations to figure out how can I get more money out of the vehicle. And like I said, going to the conventions, reading on it. I remember I used to YouTube certain things and Google certain things and couldn't find answers. Because it's different names for different metal through different phases as it go through the process. So I was like, okay, I start teaching myself and I said, okay, it's a business here. So what I did was I figured out a way to help all the other people that was in the tow industry, how to make more money out of their scrap. And like I said, I pretty much invested into all the equipment that I needed. And I tried to, I didn't finance, I just hustled up the money to buy the equipment because if I bought the equipment, I did all the work myself. Mm -hmm. So I was able to share the, pro the proceeds and the profits with the, the person that was doing business with me. Mm -hmm. So I was able to beat the competition because it's like, hey, look, man, I run a full-fledged operation with three people. Mm. And it's like, I don't care. We're going to work all day, all night. As long as we process the scrap and we get it. Because the way scrap go is you got clean, you got dirty. If it's clean, you get paid more. If it's dirty, you get paid less. Clean is that considered, or that's not clean is that's the copper and, or that's precious. It can be, it can be any, it can be anything. Okay. So it's not more so precious. Um, it's just metal in particular. So if you got aluminum, clean is raw, like straight. Like no, it's pretty much, the mill got specifications on how they take the product. Got it. Okay. So you pretty much going by what they tell you, the way they want the metal handled. So like certain pieces of metal say, look, it can't be bigger than two feet. Yeah. Somebody bringing a piece that's in 10 feet. They don't got a torch. They can't cut it. They don't got a shear. So you, you're buying it for cheaper and then you're processing it to the specifications and then you're selling it for a higher, higher amount of money. Right. This seemed, this seemed pretty deep. So what would... If you're telling somebody to get in the industry now, what should be the first step that somebody should take? Should it be tow truck? Should it be body shop? Should it be scrapping? And I know you talk about just going to go get cars. So like, what it's, would be the first step? I want to get in this industry. It's, what would it's, I do? it's so many different levels and it's, it's so big. You got to figure out what's, what are you comfortable with? Like, I recommend everybody should have a tow truck. Mm -hmm. And if you can't afford a tow truck, then you need to be in a partnership with somebody that got it. So you got to figure out where you at in life and where you want to be. You got the same way you guys said you got to create that plan. You got to figure out where you want to be. Right. So like, if you don't got no money, you got to start with nothing. I said, go partner with a tow company, figure out how you guys can help each other. You can go knock on doors and go hit driveways. And hey, look, I work with a, my cousin that owns a tow company. We'll offer you this amount of money for this junk vehicle. 
At first, you don't got nothing, but you can make a commission off every car that you bring in. Mm. And that tow company will work with a scrap company. So it's like, it's phases. As you build yourself up and invest into equipment, you're going to make more money. So we that's one of the ways. So partner with the tow truck, get in there. So now I want to go start with a lot. Like you got a lot. Yeah, like, it's all, it's, it's, everything is based off of relationships. Even right. if you want to do a parking lot enforcement, you got to talk to the property. I like park. Remember, I talked to you about, talk, tell me about how to get in parking lot enforcement. I remember it's we talked about like it pretty much like every city got like a license or whatever the case might be. They got requirements. Car got to be ticketed. City got to come out if it's a private lot. You know, they got different rules on how they do it. But it all, you got to work with the property owner. Property owner got to give you permission to put your signs on their property. Yeah. And most of the time they want, it, they want somebody to go through the parking lot, make sure they got permits and stuff like that to be on the property. And it's a good business. It's a great business. But like I said, it requires truck, uh, equipment. Yeah. It's like so many different ways. Like how, level. How, how you decide what to charge for that? Just It's regulations. Every city got regulations on what they can charge. Okay. So you just pretty much follow their guideline on what they can charge okay. in each city or each county. And, you know, you parts, you put the sign up on the, on, the, on the property, you show the rates, and then you give them a phone number. And as you take the car, you pretty much take it to your lot. They got to pretty much come pay the bill. You know, there's no regulation on. I was uh, looking on, on Instagram. Alex was. It's no that I in this city, they can chart when they go tow a like a a heavy a heavy. Yeah, it's not regulated. It ain't regulated, bro. They charge my man. It was like 18 miles, like 6,500 or something. Yeah, Crazy. Because normally it's like the second that they start their truck, they get the bill from the time that they start the truck to the time they come back. Supervisor. There's a lot of different things. Right. Yeah, that that allows you to very very lucrative right. business, but it costs a quite lot a to few. Get in, yeah, it costs a lot to get in the business. Yeah, most likely a truck half a million dollars mm. to get into that type of business. Wow! So you already need you need funds for that. Yeah, yeah. So is this these type business you also recommend leveraging credit and stuff like that? Um, me, I believe different. Like a lot of people jump into the game based off credit. If you make some mistakes, man, you out of business. Mm. I remember when I first had my first truck, it was like a 1990. Everybody was laughing at me. I said, listen, man, I ain't never see a person that was broke down on the side of the road deny a tow. Mm. And he's like, huh? Right. I don't care what it is. You want to get off that highway. Right. You're going to get in that truck. That's facts. So I built facts. my business based off of debt free. I started with an old truck. I made some money. I got a newer truck. Made some more money. Got some newer trucks. Once I learned the business and I was comfortable knowing what I can make, then I started financing trucks. Mm. But like you said, you know, the most average person when they break into these businesses they, they're not knowing like the whole ideal how business works so I, if i was you i would learn it with a used truck and as you get better and you learn how to make money then go into a new truck got it what's some other ways we could generate some income with this with this recycling um like you said you used to go out and scrap on certain days that's a way to make money um there's a lot of metal out there bro yeah this is demolition contracts Government buildings, contracts. government contracts. Um, it's so many different ways. Like it's you got precious metals, you got coppers, you got aluminum, you got pig iron, yeah. you got shreddable steel. You got to figure out how to get the material. Yeah. Once you get the material, that's a, that's a demand in itself. Yeah. Then you got to figure out who to sell it to. Right. So, because I remember you say, "Yo, we we building up these." these piles of metal like uh i don't know barrels or something like yeah that's that. precious metal so okay. like that's a big industry like and it's very very like lucrative but you got to be careful with how you do business in that 
because it's a lot of theft in the Cadillac converters. Yeah. So for me, I don't like to buy from the public. I won't. I only buy whole cars. Yeah. So that I know exactly where the car came from. I can trace it back to it. And then I did wind up buying a plant to process the 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 the, uh, the platinum and stuff. So pretty much I decan. So I'll take a Cadillac converter. I'll take it. I'll cut There's it. Platinum in there. Yes, platinum, palladium, and rhodium. Mm, okay. Yeah. So that has to get refined. Normally it takes a while to refine. I think it's like 120 days. But they'll pay us off the samples depending on how much material we use. Got a lot it. of the companies like Toyota and stuff like that requires minimum of a couple thousand pounds. So a lot of times we have to broker through a company, um, let them make a percentage of it until you build your volume up. Got it. Let me ask you this, bro. Your work ethic, how did you develop it? Because I, I can hear start tow trucks, do all of this, go door to door. If you ain't got no work ethic, if you ain't got no grit, if you don't got no, I got to go make this happen, it ain't going to work. Like, how are you? How did you develop it? Did somebody teach you about work? Because I don't feel like everybody got work ethic. No, I, I've been like that since I was a kid, man. I used to wash windows. I used to squeegee on the highway. Uh, I did the cutting grass, whatever I can do to make some money. I like to always feel like I was dependent upon myself. Ever since I was a kid, I had money compared to my friends, but I, I grew up in a poor environment. So that was like my freedom. So the more money I had, the more freedom I had. So it's like, okay, I can do this. I remember um, my brothers and friends coming to borrow money for me to buy a car at set when I was in the seventh grade. I'm like, all right, well, let me see what the car looked like. Right. I seen the car, the car was nice. I'm like, I'm gonna give you the money under one condition. Mm -hmm. I'm buying that car. Y'all yeah. gotta find another one. Yeah. Know what I mean? And I bought the car, whatever the case might be. I couldn't even drive. I made them drive me around. It's crazy. And um, I always like the power of money. Yeah. So I always had to figure out how can I get money. And the harder I work, the more money I got. Right. So it's like, okay. And then I always knew that I wanted to live. I knew it was another way. I remember I was playing basketball as a kid. I had a coach and he's come back into the projects. I grew up in South Philly and he had a Benz. It was like, damn, my coach pulling up in the Benz. He's come yell at us. Yeah. He was giving me tough love. Yeah. I'm like, one day I'm gonna get a Benz. Yeah. So I was like, I had to get a Cutlass first. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had an old Lincoln, but yeah. one day I was gonna get that Benz. Lincoln what, Continental? No, Lincoln Town Car, 1990. Oh, I had the Town Car too. Yeah. I had a 94. My joint yeah. was so raggedy. Cop right. pulled me over one day, he said, man, get that joint, just off my highway, man. Right. If, I, if I take this joint. Right, 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 right. I was like, damn. Yeah. Got off the highway. That was one of my first, that was like one of my first second cars. Yeah. I mean, That's but like, powerful. I knew that if I work hard, you can play hard. Yeah. So like for me, this is how I look at life. I lost a lot of years getting into trouble. So it's like, okay, how can I get my time back? So for me, I said, look, man, the average person work eight, eight hours a day. If I work 16, can I get my time back? Mm. I lost them years. So that was my plan. So I said, if I work 16 hours a day, I get all my time back. So I started forcing myself to work 16 hours a day. And it became easy to me. I started getting, I started getting real good at. It. I said, "Yo, if I could push myself to just work a little bit more, it's like getting three hours of th three days of work done at one." Right. So that's how I start pushing myself. And it start once I start seeing the rewards. I'm like, I like this. You're not even paying attention for real, bro. You just working. Yeah. You love to work. And you love what you do, though. Yeah. You, you love what feel you like work. It don't feel yeah. like work. It's like okay, I set out a goal. I never miss my target. I just keep hitting it. Mm -hmm. And then you realize, I remember like, I can't wait till I make a dime. Can't wait till I make my first hundred. Then you make it and it's like, oh, this don't even feel like nothing. Yep. It feel like the dime. Yeah. 
So now you just you you working and you you want more. You know what I mean? Hey, you're looking at this and you're probably enjoying this episode and the strategies and the gems that I give you. This is just a fraction of what you learn in my mastermind, right? I would love for you to be able to learn more information on how he's able to help Carter Cofield make a million dollars in one single day, how he's able to help Rochelle Parks make over $500,000 in a day, learn how he's able to help Tevin grow his Instagram following from 70,000 followers to upwards to 200,000 followers within two months. And again, those results are not typical. Let me be very clear but they are possible for those who are willing to put work in, energy, and effort. If you're looking at this video right now, I want you to go to the website mastermindwithneo.com so you can apply to see if you're a good fit for a mastermind. This is specifically for someone looking to grow their digital business, right? Even though, y'all probably even know David Shan, Sleepers for Suckers, he's inside of my mastermind. You probably know Sonya, the student loan doctor, he's inside of my mastermind. You probably know Darius Daniels, he's inside of my mastermind. Those are just a few more people who are absolutely crushing it as a result of being inside of the community. So listen, if you're looking at this, right, and you're probably looking at the episode like, man, you're dropping so much gems but can you imagine how many gyms you'll get when you're actually inside of the environment, when you're tapped into the community? What I want you guys to go to right now is mastermindwithneo.com so you do not miss out on your opportunity to get tapped in. You will have to apply, you will have to get on the call, and hopefully you make the cut to be a part of what we got going on. I'll see you on the inside. Let's get back to the episode. What's some mistakes you would say people need to avoid, maybe share one from towing, one from recycling, one from body shop. What's a mistake that it could have happened or something you just warning people, you know, avoid this. Don't do this when you're getting started with towing. I think, I think one of the mistakes is like, don't be afraid to ask for help. Mm, that's powerful. Yeah. <laughs> I learned a lot from you. I learned a lot from a lot of my friends. When, when somebody is good at something, don't have pride, don't have ego, just go ask for help. Yep. Because you're wasting time. Mm. You could have. You can't get it back. You either. can't get it back. If you lost a year trying to learn something, that could have been a year compounded on doing it the right way. That could have set you two years ahead of everybody else. I feel like the first one in is always going to be the one that's in charge. And you're going to do the best. When everybody else come in after you, now it's saturated. We deal with that in any city. Somebody see you doing something and it's like it's working and now everybody want to do the same thing because, hey, they knew you. They went to school with you. I remember that guy where he started it, but they not you. You understand? You deal with that a lot. You first one in, you master it, you learn it, you take your L's. Okay, this don't work. I'm I'm going to try it this way. It's school for you, for real, for real. But like the faster you can learn how to take advantage of any system or any business, the better off you're going to be. That's a fact, bro. I be telling people that, bro. Like, yo, find a coach, find a mentor, find somebody that can help you get there quicker, bro. I felt like you was the best person that did it. Like, you, 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 I'm a visionary. So if I can't envision, I can't do it. Right. And you got a crazy vision, too, bro. And we talked about this back in what, 2016? Yeah. Everything I told you I was going to do, did I not do? Yo, you did it. Yeah. I remember doing our one of our interviews at the body shop. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that, bro. You had your little you had a little cuz shooting with you. You yep. know what I mean? You had your silk shirt on. Yeah. And we were shooting and you were like, and I, and I showed you my vision. And you he was like, going crazy too. I was going crazy. Yeah. That's and when I, we was on the rooftop. Ah, oh, dude, we doing this. Everything huh? that I said I was gonna do, I did. The facts. Yeah. Um it's power in that though, but you gotta be willing to commit. Most people aren't willing to give it everything they got. Everything didn't work, but I tried it. And it was yeah. a lesson to everything that I did. Yeah. So like now it's like, okay, I don't want to do that. That ain't what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And then you realize you might have been basing your decision mm-hmm. on what you knew at that time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
Like, I love when you call and you invite me and I come to Orlando, I put myself around like-minded people. Cause now my vision go, it go deeper. Yep. And it's like, yo, I never wanted to leave Philly until I came to Atlanta yep. and I experienced it. And I'm in the process of looking for a house in Atlanta. Yeah. It's like, yep. that's, that's what you- Environment. Environment. Exposure equals expansion. Exactly. Like I watched, I watched, I watched you, I watched the other couple of people put themselves around different people. Yep. And it's like, I don't want to be the strongest person in the room. No, heck no. no. And I'll be telling you that about you being in Philly. Like, bro, you one of the sharpest dudes out here and it ain't many people sharper. And that's yeah. a problem. That's not a, uh, it's not a badge of honor. No, I know. Like yeah. I, I sit back and I think about Philly. I felt like I tried to get every bit of money that was in Philly. Yeah. Now I feel like it's time to go get some money somewhere else. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And I'm I'm finishing my properties here and I'm liquidating. So what would you say what's next? Are you recycling in other cities or what? One thousand percent. I'm looking to purchase a recycle company right now in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at it, I'm looking at their systems and the way they doing business. And I'm like, okay, it's room right here. But so recycle started on the East Coast and the West Coast. So the biggest recyclers, you got Adam Weinstein, you got George or whatever the case might be. These guys really figured out how to make all the money in the recycle industry. But as it went out to the South, it wasn't access to the docks and the ports. And depending on where you at, it costs more to inbound your traffic or uh, I mean your metal or get it out. So like all these different factors, it's opportunity there. A lot of people didn't invest into state-of-the-art equipment. They got eddy current machines that could pull out plastics and certain type of metals as as they process big big companies they invest the money so they seeing it all yeah but the people that's out in the country they not they ain't really paying attention they still sleep they ain't there wasn't there was no innovation there yeah and there's not many people at a high level you ever you ever met with richard burns they go crazy too right they definitely going uh crazy but like i said they not, not they not on Adam level, right? No, Adam, that's the big guy, man. Yeah, different know I mean? level. Different level. Like yeah. he's running, he's one of the biggest independent recyclers in in the game. Wow. So it's only two guys that's like huge like that that actually own their own company, mm. and they can supply and they just they can say, look, man, we not making no cars right now. They can slow metal up. They can slow supply and demand up. That's how much metal they're moving. Wow. Yeah, and, so, that, and that's where you're going. That's yeah. Goal. So, so he's my role model. I want to own a Strutter. I want to be barging and pitting railroad cars of two, three hundred carts of metal. You know what wow. I mean? That's and, how he doing it. Yeah, he doing it on the highest level. Mm. So, like that's that's my goal. I wanna I wanna do everything on the highest level. I learned the industry. It's an industry that was closed out to a lot of different people. Normally, the people that send it been in it for four or five generations. Yeah, and it's like okay. Well, this is opportunity. If I work hard, I got potential to be as big as I want to be. When I when I think about business, I think about the Google way. Larry Page, I remember reading this book. It's like, I don't want to do nothing that is a cap on. I want to do something like tow trucks here in Philadelphia. How many people need a tow? Mm, How many accidents in a day? A lot. Yeah, but it's it's limited to. They can right, count. Right. They can say, okay, what's well, 300 accidents a day? Yeah. I want something that got 3 million. Wow. So that's where I'm going at. If I can just... Invest in myself and invest in the right equipment and build my my infrastructure. I think I can do well in there. That's why I picked that business mm. to take in another city to expand. Powerful, bro. Listen, man, I appreciate you coming on here, just sharing some game, man. We gonna come, kind of do 
I gotta come get some. I want to come to the to the plant. And yeah, just I want to show you. I want a picture of the machine, man. I want you to rip a car apart. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah we gotta do that. Right. You know yeah. machinery. Yeah, I remember I'm you having your stop. dump truck. I yeah. want you to flip it. Oh, I mean, what? Take it, put it in the air, thirty feet, spin it yeah, around, yeah, crush it. Yeah, take some frustration out on that. Yeah, metal. I can't wait, bro. Thank you, man. I'm so proud of you, man. Let everybody here, know how they could tap in with you. You guys can follow me on Instagram, Mr. Hustle for a Purpose. I mean, I'm I'm trying to do better with the with the social media. Um, he working on. We gonna get him right. Yeah, we gonna, and get right, he gonna have a way to help y'all get to the recycling. Yeah, I feel like so. I could teach anybody in the industry how to make money. If you don't got pride, you don't got ego, and you're willing to work hard, yeah, you can make it. There's Thanks. no rules to making it in life. That's my theory. Uh, I feel like you gotta you gotta vision what you want. You gotta know what you want. You gotta sacrifice in the beginning because that's the only way you're really gonna truly win. So. If you piss some hard work, you create a plan, you you execute that plan, you know, and it allocates your funds right. You know, that's important, bro. You know, when we when we started, we started in, on a lower level. Yeah. We didn't go buy rollies in the beginning. No, heck it's, no. It took, us, Nothing, it, took, it took us years to get that stuff. That's a fact. So we invested hard into ourselves, our equipment, yep. our craft, our team. I love my team. My team, I wouldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't for my team. I got some good people around me. I mean, my network is crazy. You don't never know who I know. Yep. If I'm buying steel from Fazio's or if I'm at the concrete plant, I'm calling Bill from Casting Materials. Yeah. My network is the most important thing. And yeah. you would say the same, right? That's a fact. It's everything. We bro. in one of your one of your people's office right now shooting just because your that, network is that's crazy. That's it, bro. I, I couldn't find a place. I, I said, Bill, you said, come shoot in my office. And blesses with his team to help and everything. And guess so what? Just, you bring your friends with you. And we, yeah. we here, bro. We outside. I bro. appreciate you. Thank you so much. Yep. Y'all, we see y'all in the next episode. Peace. Yep. Listen to this episode, you probably understand having one source of income is too close to none. And as one of the wealthiest people in the world, Warren Buffett says, if you don't find a way to make money in your sleep, you will work until you die. With that being said, I am finally exposing the industry to this very unique very secretive way to make money in real estate that no one is talking about. No, I'm not talking about wholesaling. No, I'm not talking about fixing flips. No, I'm not talking about rehabs, right? No, I'm not talking about flipping contracts. I'm talking about event spaces. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to go ahead and show you for $300. I'm going to waive that $300 fee and give you access to my free masterclass where I'm going to show you how to find your own location. I'm going to show you how to fund your own location. I'm going to show you how to automate this entire process. The same process that I help hundreds and hundreds of people do, I'm now pulling back the curtains. I'm going to help you do the same thing. So what I want you to do right now, go to event space masterclass.com right now. Go ahead and register. And as soon as you're done, Go back to the episode. Once again, go to eventspacemasterclass.com. I will see you in our next class.